Okay, everyone. So thank you for joining us for the Aesthetic Immersion Podcast. We'll be talking about all things aesthetics, fillers, threads, lasers, neurotoxin techniques, and, and even interviewing people in the aesthetic community. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. How's everybody doing? <laughs> we have Scully with us. He's our October mascot, and he's got a syringe and everything. So cute. Hi, guys. Welcome. Welcome to no. AI Live. We have a fun day today. We, we Another always, fun we, topic. I, we, I think a lot of you guys want to hopefully jump in on the conversation and you know we'll see where this takes us right right this is ai live we go with the flow i know so what's new with you what have you been doing lately oh trainings 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 i have a mint thread training this weekend i did a galderma two galderma trainings yesterday i did a what did i do what did we have? We have foe on Saturday. We had our, our foundation class on Saturday. Class on Saturday. So we, I just feel like I'm training, training, training. I see patients though. I do see patients like four days a week, full days. Uh, but I don't know how I fit in all of these. Just like you, like I don't know when I have time. But I don't we either. have. Uh, I have my calendar, my cell phone. If I don't have that, I would probably die. I would too. I wouldn't go anywhere. I would. I wouldn't know where to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, what about you? I, I've been super busy too. We had our photo class Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, Sunday, uh, my husband and I were invited up to a really, really neat um, nonprofit mm -hmm. fundraiser oh. for an organization called 911 at Ease. And this organization helps first responders um, face those traumatic things they face. And oh. I can, oh. I have a little touch of kind of what that was coming up on dead bodies and murdered people when I worked as a sheriff and um, it's not easy and you take that with you so this company this organization really helps those oh, first responders so it was really neat awesome. it was neat to go to a, a, a fundraiser like that it was really neat to see and then um, I have gosh I'll, I have a webinar this Thursday night for Mint oh, yeah. which is going to be join. browse you can join the webinar we have like almost 500 signed up already yep. so this Thursday night will be that webinar through Mint uh, Mint PDO threads and I'll be flying out to Virginia on um, Friday to go do a private training. So I'll be nice. gone this weekend. How fun. Yeah, Washington, D.C. Get to go see. I've never been to Washington, D.C. What? No, I've never seen the You've monument. Never no. What? Nope. So I get to oh, hopefully wow. see you it. You definitely need to go around. <laughs> I know. Explore. I'm working, like, I'm working too much in here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we better jump into it so that we can... Uh, Get through get everything. To our talk and our, our conversation of today's topic. We, All right. We get to talk about how long do fillers last? Does everybody know this? And is it real? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, definitely the FDA indications versus what happens in real life is very, very different. Very very different. Very different. Um, and so we'll we'll kind of jump into this, and hopefully you guys get a little in, we get a little engagement for you guys with regards to what your thoughts are. Um, we'll go start off with our thoughts, and so we'll jump into our little quick PowerPoint here. Um, disclaimer, this is for education. <laughs> this is me. This is Lori. You guys know us. All right. So All right. we're going to jump right into allergen products. So definitely have two... Um, two lines that they have. So they have the Hylocross line, which is Juvenile Ultra, Juvenile Ultra Plus, um, approved back in 2006, 24 milligrams of hyaluronic acid. So this is the reason why it's a little plumpier. So mm -hmm. this is understanding your rheology. Lasting 12 months is what 
the uh, indication is by FDA. It's 12 months. Um, not a particulate size because it's a more gel and it has 6% cross-linking for the Ultra. Ultra Plus is 8% cross-linking. And this is a high molecular weight um, HA uh, filler. So, wait, go back. Oh, you want to go? So, <clears throat> okay, so we've seen um, Juvederm now for years, since 2006. And I want to ask you, if you've seen patients that have come in that have had it five years ago that you still see it in their lips. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So FDA, <laughs> FDA says it's gonna last 12 months. No, yeah. we see this uh, lasting a lot longer. Oh. Some people do not break it down that quickly. I yeah. think most people don't. No, most people don't. <laughs> most people don't. They don't. They're, they can be there for years. There are rarer, rarer patients who really do break down things faster. I probably find that it's more your people who have high metabolisms or um, they're really super athletes. They're constantly working out and constantly breaking down things mm -hmm. that you're probably going to find HA fillers may not last as long just because this is a metabolite. It's going to break down into sh your sugar molecules because uh, we have HA in our skin. Um, and so I, I think that in general, most fillers are going to last way longer than what we say. Yeah. Um, I'll talk. I, I will talk in more about this once we've kind of gone through a couple mm -hmm. of these. I think yeah. that I think just having that whole talk after we've gone through the different product lines and the products. So, Vicross. Vicross is the second line that that Allergan came out with, and that was in 2013, which was the Voluma. Mm -hmm. And this is cross-linked a little bit differently. This is a high high and low molecular weight cross-linking. It's a pretty tight little molecule, yep. and um, it's been utilized very well in cheeks and other areas. People have loved it for years, and it's. Um, the duration is a little bit longer than the 12 month that most of the products have, but um, for the Voluma, it's 18 months, and for the Velour and Bobella, it's 12 months for FDA guidelines. Okay. Then next, we have our Galderma products. This is the NASHA line, so the non-animal stabilized hyaluronic acid. You have your Silk Classic and Lift, and Classic is the original, original HA filler on the marketplace. Um, one of the unique things that I think is that this NASHA product line has not been able to be replicated by any other company. I think this is more what I call the particulate gel mm -hmm. versus all the rest of the gels from the Vicross lines, from the expression technology to the Hyaluronicross to all the other ones, mm -hmm. even the Belateros, the Versas, all of them are what I call more gel jelly <laughs> it's like putting they're putting, not particulate yeah they're jello jello mm -hmm. they're not as particulate this is truly truly a particulate and nobody else on the marketplace has something like this including all of europe including all of canada and all the ones that we don't have approved here i don't think anybody's been able to mimic what galderma well, and they've got the, they've gotten the patent on the particle they have so nobody else can particle. legally make a particle but no i mean at the end of yeah. the one percent cross-linking is yeah. is is so little cross-linking it's, it's like human it's like natural yeah it's literally it's, <laughs> it's like very natural. natural and so ultimately remember the difference is the particulate nature of this at one percent cross-linking 20 milligrams of hyaluronic acid. It goes through a mesh system, so you have silk as the smallest one, wrestling as the medium, and lift as the big, big, bolder rocks that are building on top mm -hmm. of each other. 
And Nangaloderma recently in 2017 came out with the expression technology. And this technology is basically the elastic. It's a stretchy one. So before that, they just had particle. Now they've come out too with a product that's a stretchy product. And this is the refine, define. Now we have kiss and contour in 2020 and 21. Because Kiss came out during the pandemic, COVID, yeah. so like 20. Yeah. So um, now there's four four products. They all have 20 milligrams of hyaluronic acid, so they are all uh, net neutral with water, and they were all FDA approved for 12 months of duration um, in with all of the different testing. Now Refine, Define. Um, and Kiss and Contour have different cross-linking. The Refine is 6%, Kiss and Contour are 7%, and Define is 8%. Mm -hmm. But the different calibrations of gel, gel is actually, they're a little bit different calibration sizes. So actually, like, Contour is a very big calibration size, so it's a, I say it's, like, fluffier. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of the things I love in the lips. Yep. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, then you have your MERS, you have the Bolotero, which uh, Bolotero is only um, the one that we have here, the Bolotero Balance at 22 milligrams of hyaluronic acid. Um, it now does come in lidocaine. This was a yeah. slide we made before, but now does come in lidocaine. Um, there are other Bellatero lines outside. This is the one that's more softer. It's a cohesive polydensified matrix. So it goes through two kind of cross-linking process. But um, great product for kind of soft, really fine mm -hmm. detail areas at this point in time is where we use this one. That's what that one was one that has tendency to not tindle. Yeah. Which is interesting yeah. because a lot of things do tindle. Um, and then we have uh, Radius, which is our calcium hydroxyl appetite. Mm -hmm. And this is a blend of 70% methylcellulose, or aqua, it's a polysaccharide gel with um, calcium. It's a very readily absorbable form of calcium, very small um, particle size. 25 to 45 microns, very, very small particle size. So it's looked that it's, it, the FDA has approved this for about 12 to 18 months before they really saw that there were some changes in the tissue. Not really looked at with ultrasound and such, but we'll talk about that later. Yep. But 12 to 18 months is what it's FDA approved for. And this one might create a little bit of uh, collagen stimulation and elastin stimulation. So this is one that um, really is looked at as kind of be, making kind of a scaffolding, you know, to help uh, stimulate some of the collagen synthesis. Yep. And it's not dissolvable if you get in an artery. Yep. So there is no safety net with this. Yeah. Uh, Prolamium, you have the Aversa, Theofix cross-linking, 25 milligrams of hyaluronic acid. Uh, their particle size is supposed to be more spherical and uniform. Um, approved in 2018. Um, so nice little product out there on the marketplace as far as another HA mm -hmm. product. And this one is, that one's supposed to be prehydrated. It's supposed to be pre So it doesn't, being 25 milligrams of hyaluronic it's acid, it's not supposed to pull too much yeah. in. And then we have the, the RHAs. We RHA. have the two, three, and four. Two, three, and four that are FDA approved in the United States, and those have a FDA approval of 12 months also. Yep. So I think arbitrarily people have slapped 12 months onto it and gone with. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not what we see. It's not. Yeah. So we're done with our PowerPoint. Okay, we won't bore you. We won't bore you with yeah. that. So that's kind of the quickie uh, nitty-gritty on the actual rheologies and yeah. what the companies have said but um, Experience-wise, what are you finding? <laughs> um, that they last a lot longer than what they say they're gonna last yeah. in 98% of my patients yeah. I would say yeah. 
Yeah, I think I had a girl come in um, just a, a, about a month ago or so that wanted her lips done. She drove in from another state. She wanted her lips done, and she had had them done with Kiss a year and a half ago. And she came in, and I looked at her lips, and I'm like, they are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, they already looked augmented, but they were beautiful. They were like a nice augmented lip. Right. And she did not need anything and she said it's gone and I said it's not gone mm -hmm. it's there so after a year and a half um, it's they still looked gorgeous so you know it, it's not what they yeah. say I mean I think I think this is one of the things you guys have to take in consideration what FDA and what they have to prove unfortunately they don't have to prove by biopsy results mm -hmm. what is really gone so if you're not using biopsies, you're not using ultrasounds or MRIs and seeing where the product really is and whether it's gone and disappeared, how do you really know that the product really is gone? Because the one big confounding factor that they don't ever dis take out of the picture is the fact of the aging process. How do you know how quickly you have aged in that one year? Because right. at the end of the day, if you look at all the white paper studies for all of these FDA approvals, it's all tendency is when did they, they have to go show a certain grade of improvement. So the nasolabial fold, for example, it's gone from a grade four to grade two. Um, so there's an improvement factor that's shown there. And what they do is they literally just check them out every you know they may bring them in four weeks and do a little touch-up depending on the companies um and then after that then it's about following them out at six month range nine month range 12 month range and so an independent physician looks at them they themselves evaluate themselves and they find okay i've gone back from a grade two back down to a grade three or back down to a grade four and so that's kind of where they characterize longevity is based off of their own perception or independent physicians perceptions and if they're in alignment, then that's kind of where the majority of your patients. So in one year, all of us have changed. All of us yeah. have aged. And we document by anatomical uh, findings that we're losing about three to five syringes of volume from our face per year of life. I mean, fat, bone, skin, muscle, all of that is losing volume. And if you're imagining you're losing volume, is it really the loss of volume mm -hmm. of the filler that's disappeared? Or is it the loss of volume of yourself and your natural self that's disappeared? Right. Most likely it's a combination of both. Right. But we can't delineate which one really it is. And so we definitely know now when you're looking at ultrasounds that and MRIs and all of these scans that you really are seeing product that has been there for seven, eight, nine, 10 years, even out to 12 years. Yeah, 12 hurt, years. Where you would imagine, what are you talking about? You're, you told me that the, you know, your filler is gonna only last 12 months. Well, 18 months. And so this is where I think a lot of us have not been misguided, well, not tricked, but misguided into the sense that, oh, FDA says it only lasts 12 months, mm -hmm. 18 months. And so a lot of a lot of practitioners buy into the fact and they tell the patients, oh yeah, 18 months is gonna be gone. And so the patients come back thinking that 18 months that the product's gone and it really is not gone. And I think that it's one of those things you just have to um, really, really, really evaluate by anatomics, what really is aging on the face? How is the face aging and really replacing volume back into the right areas and not concentrating into that second, into that area constantly? If they're coming in for nasolabial fold, talk to them about cheeks, mm 
cheeks, temples, a lot of things that contribute to it. It's mm-hmm. not just one thing that causes the whole thing to to disappear. It's a multifactorial aspect of aging that causes you to look older. Yeah, I, I agree. And when you think about aging and you think about some of these fillers lasting five, 10 years, the face ages, it ages, and our fat pads descend. And the places where the, this filler used to sit isn't sitting there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's descended. So people keep putting in more and more filler to try to lift more things up when we really probably should be dissolving and replacing it into a place that's more appropriate for that aged person for yeah. that age patient for sure. so I think it's it's kind of like when people get permanent implants you know our face ages around it but yet those don't move right. and we need to kind of start thinking about some of these these resorbable fillers as such that as people age and people lose perception of themselves Dr. Oh, sure. Sabrina Fabi wrote an, an, a nice paper on perception drift and it has to do with People forget what they looked like. Um, like that one girl who came to me with the lips. She thought her lips were gone. Well, she showed me a picture before she, her lips were done, and they were obviously bigger than when before. <laughs> People forget what they look like before. So it's important for us as providers to make sure we have good photos, that we have good photo documentation. Mm-hmm. They can even even bring photos in from before, before yeah. they ever had fillers. I have a uh, someone that I'm working with now that showed me a picture that she had from years ago and she's just got too much filler and we're in the process of, dissol- of dissolving everything and getting her back to what she looked like just arrested her. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really important that we help patients not fall into that perception drift, that we stay on that conservative side and we right. help them look like them, but just a very rested them. Right. And even if they say, I want more, I want more, we have to sit back and look at them and go, is it really gone? Yeah. Is it still there or is it gone? Or how, are, how have things changed anatomically? I mean, I mean, that goes into the fact of, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, having injected, you know, fillers for 17 years now, I mean, wrestling back when six months and yeah. you know five years into it i mean it's like there are certain patients you're just like wow that's still there i, I can't believe <laughs> it was it's only still supposed to be there six it's months only supposed to be there for six months and honestly it's one of those things that makes me think and as i've had multiple multiple patients you kind of think even those patients who have like even cheek implants like true metal in, like not metal implants but they have the screws they're screwed into the bone you know, the bone actually starts to resorb. And on one of my patients, I actually started feeling that her implant started to mobilize slightly and actually shift downwards. Luckily, lately, she's gotten it removed um, and, and redone. But I mean, this is this tells you that things change on the face. There's no such thing as permanency. And I know everyone looks for permanency. And I tell patients, well, there's nothing that is going to look good in the future that it's the same that looks now. Like our trends now are not gonna be the same trends later on. Like like look at butts these days. Right. Like my biggest fear is later on, you're gonna have these big butts and they're all gonna start to lose volume and then they're gonna start to sag. Like what's gonna happen? Are you gonna do more fat transfer? Well, when, when the trends are now, oh, I want smaller, cuter butts. Well, what are you going to do? And what are you going to do with that looser skin? So this is the thing. When you start thinking about fillers, you know, ultimately, this is my next evolution of thought is we're filling patients maybe at a little younger of an age group. 
Well, what's going to happen 20 years later when that filler still potentially may be sitting there, didn't break down as much, or they've kept injecting, injecting, and every time you lay another layer upon layer upon layer, potentially there's going to be a little bit more of this longevity aspect to it because it's built mm -hmm. upon it. Are you going to potentially need to dissolve that patient at some certain point in time so that you can restart a fresh start on what they look like now, 20 years older, 30 years older? It's kind of like I look at it as like if you have breast implants when you're 20, super cute, super beautiful because you have the body to go with it. Now you fast forward and you're 80 years old, you have the same <laughs> kind of implants right there, but everything else has aged around. It. It's not age appropriate. <laughs> and you think about this with the fillers, like how is that going to affect yeah. it? And that may be something, you know, next talk is maybe we need to be dissolving people more often than we are thinking currently because face, facial changes in, in as we age do change the way we look and so i mean i think that fillers really do last a lot longer than than what we intend it to yeah. be and what we perceive it to be and what these companies tell us that it lasts and so I honestly don't even talk to my patients about longevity anymore. I don't tell people, yeah. oh, I'm injecting this and it's 18 months versus 12 months. There's no such thing. If, you're, if you fill it up properly, you're going to get longevity. I think longevity has to do with the fact of did you fill it up properly? Did you address all the areas of concern? Um, like if you went to a gas station and your car said you needed 20 gallons of gas, did you fill it up to that 20 gallons so you got the really nice picture um, and it's going to go a lot longer versus it, did that person just do one syringe? Well, if you just did one syringe and they needed 10 syringes, you're not going to see very much longevity. And it's not the fact that the filler didn't do its job. The filler may still be there actually even 10 years out. It's just you didn't do enough. You literally put one gallon into a 20 gallon tank thinking that you're gonna go 20 gallons of mileage. It's not gonna work. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, my conversation nowadays with patients is more along the lines when it comes to um, longevity. How long is it gonna last? I'll, I'll tell them. It's going to last, and I think you like to do it, is zero, uh, one, one year to ten years. To 10 years. My, my talk is, you know, how, where is your expectation? Are you that type of patient that's going to run to your hairstylist when you have one millimeter of gray hair? Or are you that type that can wait until you have five inches of gray hair before you do something? That's going to set the expectation. And I think longevity talks should be more about expectation of results rather than actually the actual longevity of a filler itself. Because at the end of the day, if you create a beautiful picture, they could that could last them for many years if they're mm -hmm. not a super picky, picky patient. I could sit there and three, four years later, it's still there and looking great with little touches up here and there versus the patient who is super, super, super picky. Well, maybe they're going to come in three to six months and I'll do a little bit of here and there, a little bit here and there. Because remember, we're not just aging in this one area. It, it's dropping in here we're aging all over and yeah. i think it's it's something to make uh, an assessment of where you really are aging i so agree with that and i think i want to kind of i think i want to kind of caution you too um regarding some of the permanent 
type fillers. So there are some out there that are made of mm -hmm. like PMMA, um, which is kind of like a powdered up plastic. That and so. I know, I wasn't <laughs> gonna mention who it was, but, but um, you know, be careful. I mean, they are used um, quite a bit in different places, but just be aware that that's something you can't dissolve. You can't break that down. And if somebody has an, a, a reaction to it, an inflammatory reaction to it, and they, have, they kind of grow granulomas, and you can't get that out. So be really careful. I have some patients who have something like that, and she keeps, she keeps getting one of them, keeps getting hard nodules all over here, like on and off. She can't figure out what's kicking it off and what's making it happen. And just they'll just be these not big, like little oh. marbles that come up, and then they'll kind of go down. And then they'll come up, and they'll go down. And you can't cut them out. You, know, you can't take that stuff out. So just, and that's pretty much permanent. So just be aware of products that you pick and um, how they interact, how they work, what to expect from them. Can you break them down? Can you not break them down? Right. Um, and like I said, yeah, I tell people they last a year to six years, a year, a year to 10 years. I'm like six months to 10 years is what I usually say. So I said, you know what? I think that your body, our bodies, I think break hyaluronic acid down at different rates. I think we have something innate in our chemistry that might have to do with that, which I would love to get a study going <laughs> on that. But I think that might have to do with it also. Where we put it, uh, as far as the layer might mm -hmm. have to do with wh how it breaks down, how active the area is, how much motion is in the area, the depth we put it in, um, how the how how G, what the G pro what the rheological makeup of the oh, product yeah, is. There's a lot of sure. factors that go into longevity, right. but um, in general, they don't go away as what as quick as what <laughs> you think. They really they really it don't. Really what about migration? What are your thoughts on the migration? Migration, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, I th we all see. We all see, everybody calls it Moviderm, Juvederm. But you know what, in all fairness, I really don't think that is because of the product 100% that we've seen Juvederm go all the way up into the upper lip. We see this so much now that everybody's got this really thick up ergotrid. Um, they look like ducks, you know, and, and it's thick and they don't have a natural lo looking lip. And when these patients come into us, they don't know this, they don't see it. It's because it's happened over years. Mm -hmm. It's like this slow little creeping thing that's creeped <laughs> up there and it's been over years. So it's like, it's like facial aging. You don't notice it until someone shows you and you're like, what, where'd that hollowness come from? <laughs> so that's kind of what what it is so I th I really believe that a lot of the migration may be due to some of the rheological properties of the of the filler but I think the majority of it is really due to our techniques yes. that we had and we've really changed our techniques over the last couple of years to where we are injecting much much more superficially we yep. don't inject in and below the muscle to get the big lips anymore we're really looking for definition and and that just a pretty, a pretty little lip that has more definition. So we're not injecting it as deep, and we're not going above the vermilion border and um, destroying the integrity of the white roll in the vermilion border to allow it to yeah. to migrate. So I think, I think most of it is technique, and not so much of it is maybe the product like Juvederm would, gets. But agree. Juvederm's gotten the rap, and yes. why did you, why has Juvederm gotten the rap for it? because that's all we put in lips years ago. <laughs> so of course that's all you're gonna see migrating, yes, right? That's all you're course. gonna see. That is all so, you're gonna see, and that was the trend. I mean, yeah. it was a trend back then, big, big, full, big lips. I think the trends have slowly shifted back to a little bit more of a naturalness, where it's not more filled, it's more kind of opened out, and you really create a more nicer definition with regards to that. So I, I definitely think that part of that issue of migration is related to injecting into the wrong depth and i think the rheology of a product really really does um does dictate 
where you are going to get the migration. I think, you know, learning about RHA 2, 3, 4 as we're starting to play with it, mm -hmm. you know, I think, um, you know, I had RHA 4 injected into my deep uh, mid-cheek area and, you know, I actually did feel that it did kind of migrate and move around on the deep on the bone aspect mm. of it where it really wasn't where it was to my liking and we ended up dissolving it. And so when my one of my PAs was sitting down and we had a conversation, she actually had attended a conference where um, some of the UK docs were talking to her um, because they've had more experience with it over six, six, seven years over there. And he, he the, the doc over there is like, yeah, these products actually do kind of settle in and integrate a little bit more. So you probably should be using it more in the subcutaneous plane rather than in a periosteal plane. And so that made sense. And it's like, okay, we want to use these type of products for the advantage of why you're using the product is that it's going to integrate a little bit better. So maybe not using it deep. Um, you know, I would probably say some of your expression technologies, certain ones that may be a little bit softer, um, maybe you don't put as much on the bone because you're not going to get that projection. You're just going to get a little support, but close to a muscle movement, it may potentially move the product around a little bit. I think we had uh, one of my nurses injected contour underneath um, an eye and said she loved it, loved it, loved it. And then she had uh, one or two patients where it actually, after three, four weeks, it literally just settled down a little bit lower than where she had injected I it. I had that with RK so too. She just yeah. was like, oh, that maybe not have been the, the best product for the area. So going back to your relic properties, mm -hmm. understanding where you're injecting it really dictates and determines not just longevity, but just how the product is going to lay. And so we're still understanding how these products, once they're injected, really do play out in the tissue with yeah. the whole movement aspect of it. You know, the goal is that you're using more higher G prime in general thinking is you're using higher G prime products underneath the muscle that are able to create more projection, create more structure that can resist a little bit of that muscle movement um, and not maybe move it around. And then products that are gonna be above the muscle, you want it to have a lot more flexibility. So when it's moving, it's not moving the stiff product up mm -hmm. and down in the aspect of it. So kind of interesting to see and understand where these rheologies play and how it plays in differently in different uh, depths of the tissue. Yeah, uh, and one other thing is if you think about hyaluronic acid fillers, if you put a thread, a little thread, it's going to be broken down much more quickly than a large bolus. Yeah. So you're going to have, it's going to be thinner, it's going to be broken down more easily with, with hyaluronidase. If you put a big bolus there, it's going to take longer for the body to kind of break that down. So, you know, there's so many different factors that kind of um, enter into it. One thing I wanted to mention was um, PLLA. So people say how people always say, oh, it only it lasts two and a half years. I hear trainers even mm -hmm. say that, and I say no, PLLA or Sculptra lasts. It, it, all it all it does it's just grass seed. You're just seeding the lawn, and you're growing collagen. Mm -hmm. So you let you keep that collagen for your whole life. So you're going to have more collagen than you would have had as you age. If you do biostimulators like the uh, the hydroxy like the radius hyperdilute radius or or the Sculptra, so the studies went out 24 months or so, 23 months, but they stopped the studies because they're very expensive. Yep. But the product actually the the volume and the and the and the dermal thickening stays. 
So um, yeah. that's one thing that people think it stops at two and a half years or two years, and it doesn't. It, right. It's you keep it, you right. keep that. So it's yeah. like fertilized lawn. We love it. Right. No, and and to that, it's it's about the whole aging process of the face. I think fillers and toxins go up to a certain level of correction. And then the rest of it has to do with not necessarily just on that level. Like that's why we add threads into mm -hmm. the subcutaneous aspect of it because the projection of volume only goes so far. You project it out to your face is full, you're gonna be overfilled. You know, ultimately the deeper fat pads, the, the bone structure has disappeared. So yeah, put, put the volume back there, replace that volume to a natural area, but then you know, the subcutaneous fat, take the threads, put it into there, pull that subcutaneous fat back up so that you reposition it into a better position and and really look like you're actually contouring back the face back up. Or if that doesn't do enough, then you can go back in and add a little bit of contouring type of effect with subcutaneous injections where you're using products that are gonna be a little bit more integrative. Products are gonna not have too much projection, literally, rounding out, softening out where you are playing in that subcutaneous plane. And then the last thing people don't really, really emphasize to the patients enough is skin. Yeah. I mean, we, we lack the ability to talk to patients to really start working on their skin. Yeah, you do an IPL, yeah, for pigmentation and stuff like that. But true collagen stimulation where you're getting the true tightening. I think we're in a time where we're seeing some amazing tre treatment technologies. You have your RFs, like your Exilis, your Thermages, you have your microneedling. Uh, your microfocus ultrasounds potentially. You have your microneedling RF machines, um, just regular microneedling, something that stimulates collagen to start that tightening aspect of the skin to really, really just add to what you've already added to um, is important, I think. And that helps you understand that you don't necessarily need to constantly add volume to your patients. Yeah. You know, I think these volumes are already great and as we've talked about they do last but a lot of times that extra kind of like that drag that's that little just like ugh, it just doesn't look as good actually has to do with more skin quality where the skin if it looked brighter it looked healthier it had this little extra that shrinkage around it act like more of a spanks around the volume that's where you're really yeah. really that kind of that that cherry on top is really what really what's missing and I think a lot of practitioners end up chasing it by adding more volume superficially to just trying to round it out and round it out more and give them and try and fluff out that looser skin by adding more volume and it's not needed. The volume is under there and it looks good and it's been there for even a year or two years and it looks great but the skin quality on top is just horrible and skin takes time that's why PLLA hyperdilute radius threads the smooth threads collagen stimulation type microneedling RF they take time they take multiple mm -hmm. treatments and it's prudent of everybody to really really think about it in that way because ultimately we don't need to overfill these patients. These patients' fillers look great. There's enough volume projection out there. When you look at the side and it looks nice contour, why are you trying to add more to it? Just because they say their skin is down, down to here. Well, if their skin is down to here, do something for the skin. <laughs>
Yeah, and I always say be careful to keep keep two, the two separate entities separate. Keep volume loss on one table and put skin laxity on the other table, and never the two shall mix, <laughs> or, or don't let them mix a lot, yeah. because replace the volume. But don't pay attention to the skin so much as look at where their natural volume is. Replace their natural volume and then look at the skin laxity. Right. Then start adjusting the skin and you're gonna realize you don't you don't want to lift skin with volume. Don't let that be right. your goal. Right. You if you want to lift skin, lift skin with something else. But right. don't lift skin with volume. Replace volume where volume is lost. One more product we didn't mention is Renuva. Mm. And that is something that we've been using. I've been using mixing it with hyperdilute radius, sculptra, or by itself. It actually is a harvested tissue that um, will, when it's injected, will signal the body to grow fat onto it. So with people that are extremely thin, sometimes we can put that in there besides dermal thickening and a little bit of volume with the, the biostimulants. This, we can create fat and help grow a little bit more fluff um, in these areas that are so hard to, like preregular, some of these areas that are so hard to get all, much volume into them. So yeah. Renuva is good. It's a kind of scarce, it's, it's scarce. It's kind of hard to get a hold of right now. Yep. But um, but it's a good product too. Yeah. Um, do we have any questions? Oh, Is type in your questions, you guys. We're looking at we're looking for questions here, and you Sarah, guys. Sarah, longevity versa, probably twelve months. Yeah, I, I think mean, twelve All months. based off of the same type of studies. Um, so 12 months is probably where I would probably say you're looking at it. But honestly, for me, honestly, I actually did not find Versa lasting very long. I tried it on my staff and I actually found that it kind of broke down quicker on my patients. So hmm. um, I don't know where the, where in my hands, that's what happened. Um, but we'll, we'll, that's, <laughs> that's all that I can say about my experience with it. Um, so we're looking oh. for comments here. Um, anything that you have? Yes, I think we will be. We won't be sending this out. I think we're probably putting. This is going to be on YouTube. On YouTube. So <laughs> in a, in a probably ten more days, twelve days, um, this will be on YouTube. So you can always always see all our stuff on YouTube and and you guys don't miss our fake aspiration or our faulty aspiration YouTubes. <laughs> I tell you that is my pet peeve is faulty <laughs> aspiration. So you got to see that one too. Um, so we have we're looking at some of the questions here you guys are typing in. Yeah. We did discuss that. Um, the verse that we did discuss they're kind of showing us what you guys are typing oh. in but um, hopefully Hopefully, um, I see some, we've answered most of those questions. So I think that we've really kind of gone over that a little bit tonight. Hopefully it's clarified for you a little bit that it's not all a year, it's not RH, all 18 months. Uh, RHA4 line, there was one that popped in. Recommend RHA4 versus Ultra Deep when Ultra injecting. Deep. Ultra Deep. I think you're. That's probably another is that, country. Is that another? Where are you from, Brandy? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Brandy, I'm probably from Canada, I would assume. Probably ultra or, deep. I'm trying to think what I think ultra, ultra deep, deep is. is part of the Tioxin line. The Tioxin line? So. Okay. Yes. Um, our next sculptor course is um, December 4th. Saturday, December 4th. December 4th is our next sculptor course. Our winner for our one webinar oh. is yeah. Jamie Bolduke. That's our winner for. Our, our one last, webinar. Last so Dr. Bull Duke, last month's <laughs> webinar, or one, we get a webinar. <laughs> You'll get one webinar, one webinar of your choice. Cool, there you go. I don't know, we don't know, we just work here. <laughs> okay, and then, cool, and then, awesome. So, Jamie, thank you, congratulations, thanks for watching.
I love um, it. What else? Uh, Nancy, what's the longest lasting filler that has been found on someone? Uh, 12 <laughs> I think years, at the, I think. At the end of the day, I think it's been 12 years. Yeah, in Europe. Far. Yeah, in Europe, they're doing um, a lot of ultrasounds. And they're, they're using a lot of... A lot uh, more ultrasounds and figuring mm -hmm. out on that aspect 12 years for hyaluronic acid filler. What? What? Um, but a brandy, as far as RHA4 versus Ultra Deep, I assume, I don't know too much about Ultra Deep, but I think from my Canadian friends, Ultra Deep is definitely used on the bone versus RHA4 is not supposed to be used on the bone as much. It's more of a subcutaneous, um, something that kind of rounds out the area in the subcutaneous aspect of it. So um, hopefully this was helpful for you guys. Um, you know, I think that for me, it's about helping you guys understand that the talk should not be about, oh, this product lasts 12 months yeah. and getting into your patient's head that this lasts 12 months. I think it should be a talk about assessment of the face and maybe start off nasal labial fold. Okay, now we're going to move to your cheeks. Now we're going to move to the temples. Now we're going to be doing something else um, in, that, in that sense because ultimately this is this is where we are yeah. we're, we're not we're not about trying to just keep filling 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 and telling your patients oh it's 12 months at 12 months because your patients will a lot of your patients will will lean on your every word and yeah. they're in 12 months oh you said it's 12 months right and i'm back at 12 really, months you're like no really not so <laughs> Hopefully you guys take this in as you guys are practicing and, and, and out there with your patients and educating them properly that it's maybe not injecting here. Maybe next time we're going to come and inject up in temples or down in the chin or in the jawline. There's many different areas that you can inject. So I don't think you can run out of areas. If you run out of areas in the face, there's a neck, there's a hand, there's an elbow, there's <laughs> butt, a, arms. butt, arms. There's plenty of places. If your patients are looking to get injected, there's plenty of places. And then never forget about the skin. I think that's really, really important to me that people don't don't uh, mistaken volume and skin, as Lori says. Yeah. Really, really, really take that with a grain of salt and really understand that aspect of it. I'll tell you what I tell my patients because I don't like anybody to be obsessed about their look. I want them to be, I want them to care about it, but I don't want people to be obsessed. And I tell them, I said, look at yourself every six months. Summer, winter, summer, winter, summer, winter. Just peek at yourself. If you feel like you see a little bit that you need a little filler or you, you have a question, come in and see me. But they don't need to come in every two weeks for filler. They don't need to do that. But um, I think that that helps them to go, okay, it's, it's Christmas time, I need to look and see how my face looks. Yeah. You know, or it's summertime, I need to see how my face yeah. looks. And you can kind of perk them up for different yeah. seasons. It's, and It's not, and the yeah. focus should not be about how long these fillers last. And don't let these companies convince you, oh, this was 18 months, that's 12 months. Yeah. Know that these products last a decent amount of time if you corrected it correctly. You put the right amount of volume in there to correct it, it will last a good amount of time. And let me clarify, when I'm saying every six months, that's when we filled up their gas tank. Yeah. <laughs> that's not when we've only got them at a half full. Yes. So once you get them to where they look really good, then every six months, just just let they can take a peek at themselves. Okay, so don't have them in a quarter tank and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. underfilling and then having no. long expectation. No. 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 <laughs> Anyways, subscribe to our YouTube channel, please, yep. you guys. So go on the Aesthetic Immersion, click subscribe on YouTube, and you'll yeah. get to watch all of our stuff coming up. All right, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for watching.
Well, that was our podcast for today. Well, be sure to check out our other episodes. And as always, thank you for tuning in to the Aesthetic Immersion Podcast. Catch you next time.